Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years through my work with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society and other organizations. The purpose of this podcast is to expose you to the great people who are helping cats daily, and hopefully you may learn a little bit of what you might be able to do in your community. Today's guest is Laura Heffernan from Lowell TNR. We talk about how she got involved trapping free-roaming cats, tricks of the trade, her work in Lowell, how she fundraises, and much, much more. Please enjoy this interview. Laura Heffernan is uh, with uh, Lowell TNR, which is a group out of Lowell, Massachusetts. Um, probably known Laura for at least 10 years, maybe. I don't know how long uh, it's been. It's been a long time. Um, but uh, thank you again for, for coming on today. And um, I was just wondering if you might be able to share a little bit about your background and how you got started in uh, Trap, Neuter, Return. Sure. And uh, thanks for having me. And thank you, everybody on the podcast for your interest in TNR. Um, I first started TNR back in probably around 2006, 2007. And it really was just a result of me adopting a cat. And um, with the rescue group I adopted from, they kind of introduced me to the concept of TNR. And I had no idea it even existed. So once I kind of found out about it, um, you know, that I was kind of hooked. <laughs> I started trapping for that group and then eventually starting up the Lowell group um, that I'm still involved with now. Sounds great. And, and so you trapped your first cat, you said, back in 2006? Yep. I think that's probably right. Yep. yep. And how did that feel, trapping that first cat? Oh, it's the best. <laughs> It, it's actually kind of addicting once you start to get into it. I know trapping's not for everybody, but, you know, just, just knowing that, you know, you're able to help this cat, this cat in this trap right now, I can help that cat. It, it's a really good feeling. And when you trap the cat, what happens after that? So once the cat is trapped, um, we bring it to a recovery location. It's a central location um, where the cat can stay until it's ready for the vet appointment. And from there, when the, the appointment's ready, we, we bring the cat there. The cat is um, examined, uh, deemed healthy for surgery. Um, and then once the surgery is completed, they'll also be vaccinated, by the way, um, during their surgery appointment. They'll also be ear-tipped at the appointment as well. And the ear-tip is just, um, it's a clipped, they, part, they clip part of the top of the ear um, during while the cat is under anesthesia. And it's the universal sign so that other groups in the area know that cat has been spayed and neutered. So that when you release the cat back, if anyone else traps it afterwards, it's that universal sign that you know. That I know that's kind of a very fast summary, but that is in a nutshell what TNR is. Sounds great. Um, you and I, we actually got to know each other pretty well during a project in um, Franklin, Massachusetts, which we referenced as the Highwood Condo Project. And it, can you explain a little bit about the challenges that, that we faced working on that project? Yes, the people. <laughs> no, I'm laughing, but um, dealing with the cats is actually probably the easiest part of the whole thing. Um, it's educating the people and getting them on board. That is probably the biggest challenge that I find, not just when I started um, with the Highwood pro project, but also even today. And, um, you know, once 
most of the time, once you can, you know, educate people and they understand what TNR is and what you're doing, then when you get everyone on board, then it's then it's much easier to go ahead and, and, and start. So if anyone's thinking about um, a TNR program out there uh, in an area that um, maybe not so familiar with the process, um, it's best to kind of contact anyone who you might find helpful, whether it's animal control, humane shelter, humane, humane societies in the area, just to kind of um, get everyone on board uh, before you begin. So that involved, uh, in our case, we ended up having to go and do a presentation um, to the management as well as to the association board at the Highwood condos. And that's probably a good first step in ensuring uh, a successful trap, neuter, and return project? Is that the right course of action? Yes, absolutely. In a case like that, where, where it was about, uh, I'd say, I think it was about 40, 45 cats living within a condo association. Um, that was that was a really good move on our part. I think that we, we did that presentation before we did anything. Um, because if people don't understand what you're doing, they're going to kind of automatically assume something bad. And that's not necessarily the case. It's just, you know, they don't know you. So, um, you know, it's best to get buy-in uh, b- beforehand, uh, absolutely. And I believe that there's now only about three or four cats at that colony. So it's gone from 40 to 50 to three or four. So um, another component is ensuring that every cat gets spayed or neutered while you're in there, you know, at, in the project. Absolutely. I think that's an important component, uh, the sort of concept of 100% sterilization. After Highwood, um, then you kind of switched your focus to Lowell. I was wondering if you could a little expand a little bit more about Lowell and why you happen to get interested in Lowell and some of the work that you've done over the last couple of years with the group. Sure. So um, the Lowell TNR Coalition started in 2009, and we started because, uh, well, basically there was a very uh, big overpopulation uh, problem going on in the city in terms of strain feral cats. And Stacy actually, Stacy here, was the one who brought the issue to my attention. And um, now that I had kind of gotten hooked onto TNR to begin with, I said, sure, why not? <laughs> so little did I know where I would end up. But no, um, basically, when we first started, um, I'm not trying to exaggerate, we could put a trap down anywhere in the city of Lowell and basically get a trap, get a cat. Um, that's how bad it was. There were uh, moms feeding in the street. There were kittens in bushes, just just everything. So it's definitely come a long way. And now we're you know six years later, um, we're starting to finally see that we're we're starting to get into a more of a maintenance mode uh, type of program rather than you know frantically trapping um, every every other day. <laughs> so that that's a that's a quick nutshell. Um, the one thing I would Kind of recommend which helped us out a lot is um, definitely don't try to do it all by yourself um, you really rely on other groups to help you to lean on for advice and questions um, you know everyone is really willing to help support the efforts that you're doing and so don't you know don't take that for granted it's a good point it's a very very good point and um, and you have a relationship or part uh, working relationship with some of the local groups, the Lowell Humane Society, uh, as well as Kitty Angels. Um, so that's sort of part of that partnership. Um, how did you find your volunteers for your group? 
Uh, well, in the beginning, uh, what ended up happening is the f there were already people feeding in the city. They were feeding these colonies and they thought, you know, in the beginning that was good enough, but they quickly realized uh, spay neuter was the next step. So the feeders who were feeding became our volunteers just kind of by association because we were helping them with their colonies. And from there, it just ended up being word of mouth. Um, and now we're, we're still a small group. We're only about 15 people, but you know, that's enough for us. And, um, you know, it seems to work. That's great. I mean, Lowell is a quite a large city. So if a group of 15 to 20 people can take on the city of Lowell and, and really make an impact, and it, it sounds like that there has been some dramatic changes in the volume of, of intakes into the local Humane Society, into Lowell Humane, you know, as well as the, the kitten load. Uh, could you talk ab about like the numbers of kittens that you end up trapping during this, like say this past summer? Sure. Um, when we first started in 09, we literally had hundreds of kittens uh, that we would be trapping and placing with other groups for adoption. Um, and now this past year, we had five litters. That's it. So that just kind of gives you an indication of where we started and where we are now. And um, it's, it, I wouldn't have believed it at the time when I started, but now that, you know, we're starting to realize, okay, it's paying off, it's, it's so worth it. And one of the things I wanted to mention too is the Little Humane Society who we're partnered with, they're the local shelter in the area. Uh, one of the things they do for us, and they do anyway, is they keep track of the stray intake numbers and kitten intake numbers so that we can have an actual um, numerical measurement over the years of how we're doing. And so we've seen over the years the downward trend in intake. So we, we know, um, you know, there's hard evidence there, so to speak, that um, our work is paying off, which is very helpful and it helps keep everyone motivated. That's great. So I'd say you are a true believer in uh, the trap, new to return concept for free roaming cats. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> That's great. If, if you were part of a nonprofit organization that would be interested in starting a trap, new to return program, um, or just say a group of two or three individuals who are trying to start something up in their own neighborhood, would you have any recommendations of like what the best way or avenue to take would be for, for getting started? Yeah, well, I think the first thing, like we kind of mentioned before, um, you know, reach out to other local groups in your area, your animal control officer, your, you know, your local shelters. And just, I literally would start with a big group meeting and just brainstorm, um, get everyone on board, let them know what you want to do and are looking to do. And then you'd be surprised from there. It just kind of, you know, starts to happen. Um, I would recommend having one point person be the coordinator for um, scheduling clinics, uh, delegating trapping sites and uh, delegating people to those trapping sites. It takes it takes a fair amount of coordination to make sure things keep moving forward uh, month to month and that things don't kind of fizzle out. Um, and so that would be my the other side of it that would I would recommend that as well. Would you recommend that somebody start out maybe with like just a like a small neighborhood or one particular colony and then try and build from there or do something on a larger scale? No, yes, that's a good point. Um, I would definitely recommend starting um, as small as a, a particular colony. And what our practices we find has worked for us that we'd never move on to the next colony until we finish the one we're working on now. 
So that's not to say we're not working on a few at a time, um, but we we don't really leave that colony and start a new one until that one's finished. And um, I think that's why a lot of the numbers have gone down as they have. And the other the other reason why you want to start small and kind of go from there is you want to be able to make a measurable impact in one particular community or one particular area. If you kind of you know do a couple cats in this town and then you do a couple cats you know two towns over you're, you're not really concentrating your efforts enough to make a, a direct impact and so that that's important I, there have been some conversations sort of in the higher level realm saying it's okay to just sterilize or spay or neuter 80 percent of the cats in a colony but you are a firm believer that everybody needs to get done yeah, I've heard the 80% rule before. Um, you know, to me, it's like, why not do everybody? Um, or the thing with that is, too, is when you think you've caught all the cats in the colony, let's say you think you've caught 100%, you probably caught 80. It, you know, you, there, there's always cats that roam in and out. And there's sometimes cats that just, you know, you're not going to see all the time. So to me, sterilizing a colony at 100%, your 100% is probably closer to 80, 85 anyway. So mm-hmm. we stick with the 100% rule, um, just as a rule. And when you're trapping, what are your favorite sort of tools of the trade? Oh, <laughs> well, um, we use uh, the type of trap that we use is the true catch trap. And um, you might be familiar, some of you, with the have a heart traps. Those are the big silver metal ones. I much prefer the true catch ones to those only because they're much easier to work with. They're a little lighter. Um, the door doesn't slam shut as hard as the have a hearts and it doesn't frighten the cats as much. So um, that's the piece of equipment I like to go with. And every program should also have a drop trap with them um, if, if they can or access to one. And that makes it much easier for a couple things. If you have a very hard cat to trap, maybe the cat is trap savvy and just will not go in that trap no matter how many days you withhold food. Um, that's kind of another tool in your toolbox you can use. And also we find it helpful for trapping uh, whole litters of kittens at one time. Uh, when you're trapping a litter and a mom, you want to try to get everyone. You never want to leave one kitten behind by itself, for instance. So a drop trap is a great way to catch mom and the litter all at the same time. Excellent. Have you ever run into a cat that you couldn't trap? Uh, yeah, there was one cat in particular that comes to mind that I tried to trap for an entire year. And <laughs> by God, I got it. <laughs> it took me a year of going back, you know, every month or so um, and trying and trying, but eventually I got it. So like I said, it, it you, you kind of get a sense of ownership of it. Once you've kind of invested yourself in a colony, you really do want to see it through. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but uh, I think you'll see what I mean. <laughs> That's phenomenal. It takes a lot of patience to be committed to getting that last cat. Um, was there anything in particular you changed in order to be successful to get that cat after a year, or was it just sort of a lucky day? Uh, well, you know, you can change um, a couple things. The, um, obviously, the smellier the food, the better to help lure the cat in. Um, but the, really what it comes down to is, is patience. Like you said, there's a, our saying like within our group that we always say to each other is trapping is 95% patience, uh, like 4% luck and 1% skill. So it's really, it has nothing to do with you or it it probably has, doesn't have much to do with, um, what you're doing or something you're doing wrong. It's just, um, it's patience. That's really what it comes down to. 
That's great. That's I, I like that phrase. That's excellent. So your organization, how, how do you raise money for uh, Lowell TNR? That's a good question. So um, within the group, we have one person dedicated to overseeing all of our fundraising activity. And that's helpful because it lets the rest of us focus on the trapping and the actual work in the group. And there's a couple of things we do. Um, it's, it took us a couple years, though, to figure out what fundraising activities work best for us. I think for some groups, um, one thing might work well and another group, another thing might work well. But what we came up with is uh, we have a yearly online auction and that seems to be our biggest uh, revenue generator so far. Um, so we raise about five to six thousand dollars a year. Uh, we hold it every spring and we get donated items from local vendors in the area like gift cards, um, gift certificates, vouchers, that type of thing. And then we put them online um, in an open auction forum. And we use uh, Bidding for Good is the name of the website that hosts the auction for us. And then throughout the year, we have some other events. Um, we're actually having a yard sale this weekend. Uh, we have a couple yard sales a year, one in the spring, one in the fall. And uh, other than that, we do email campaigns. We do an end of year email giving campaign. I'm trying to think of some of the other things that we do. Uh, we do dining to donate nights. Some local restaurants will help you um, and offer a percentage of their sales for the night if you uh, bring in new customers. So we do one at Flatbread Pizza in our area. And so those are a couple of things that we do. That's great. That's excellent. With the success that you've had in Lowell, thinking about free roaming cats in communities in the future, I mean, how do you picture sort of the world for free roaming cats going forward, making the assumption that all of the great things that we've learned here sort of in New England and in other parts of the country, hopefully that'll be able to spread all the way across the country and we'll all be able to get to sort of the, the levels that, that you're at in Lowell uh, or that maintenance, getting to that maintenance goal how do you, what do you foresee, you know, looking ahead for the future for the sort of community cat? Um, do you mean in Lowell or? In, in, yeah, well, so I talk first, you know, local to Lowell and then sort of big picture. Do you see this trending, you know, across the country at all? Or do you hope that it trends across the country? Um, and then, and also what do you see in Lowell? What will Lowell's free roaming cat population look like five years from now? Sure. So, so yeah, I, I absolutely, I think um, it seems to be like, if you had asked me 10 years ago, you know, what the TNR audience was like, if, um, was it as popular as it was, as it is today? I, I don't think so. Um, that's just from my limited experience. I know there are other people who have been in, involved with TNR for decades, <laughs> so they could probably tell you more. But uh, my hope is that um, with more outreach and now that technology, um, you know, we can reach so many more people with doing podcasts like this. I really hope it catches on to other areas of the country and, and other groups. Um, and that would really help to get the numbers in the shelters down, the euthanasia rates, euthanasia rates down, because that's really at the end of the day why we're doing this. Um, and the more groups that spawn off, the more um, participation there is in TNR, uh, the better off everyone will be. It's really nice to see, you know, empty shell empty cages in, in shelters in the middle of July. You know, that, that's something that uh, we saw this year for the first time, and it was just, it was awesome. 
Fantastic. I mean, I've, I've certainly been at Lowell Humane for several of those meetings that you used to run in the summertime and they had, you know, cages full of cats in their multi-purpose room and that kind of thing. So if, if those numbers, you know, as you've seen those numbers go down, that's, that's truly amazing and, and great. And what we're asking now is shelters are asking us for cats. <laughs> so go figure. 10 years ago, no way. No way. <laughs> that is, it's tremendous and fantastic. And I, you know, wondered if I'd ever see it in my lifetime too. Um, I know that as a group, you've really tried to specifically focus Lowell TNR on the aspect of trap, neuter, return, and not necessarily get into that rescue adoption side of things uh, too much. With that knowledge of that specialty, is there anything that as a group, say there's another group that's looking into doing this, might have questions. Is it possible for them to reach out to your group to help learn how to start a program within their own organization or community? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, Everyone in our group, um, not not just myself, but all my volunteers, we're we're very willing to help, um, whether it's through education, trapping demonstrations, whatever. Um, We will do whatever it takes to get people on board and involved in TNR. And that, that's actually a really good point you mentioned about staying focused on the mission. I actually wish I had mentioned that earlier. Um, but one of the things we really try super hard at, and it's easier said than done, is staying focused on the TNR mission. Really focus in on that. It's really easy to get wrapped up in becoming a more of a rescue, um, taking in surrenders for adoption and focusing on the adoption aspect. Um, so it's, it's really important to stay focused and you'll see your efforts pay off much more quickly if you do that. And that's where we, we form partnerships with other rescues in the area, um, who do more adoption based activities. And if we do get friendly strays or kittens, we do work with those groups and place the cats with those groups who will then put them up for adoption for us. So that's a really good point. That's great. Have you expanded outside of Lowell at all to help with trapping, or are you still 100% focused on on Lowell still? Yeah, that's a good question. So right now, because we're just entering maintenance mode, it, it's something I'm thinking about. You know, we need to kind of discuss as a group where we want to head, um, the future of the group, where we want to head. And I'd love to expand into neighboring towns that have a need. Um, I wouldn't do, I'd probably do one town at a time. I wouldn't take on more than one. Um, so we kind of need to assess that, but it's very important that as we do that, we maintain the, the population, uh, in Lowell. So we don't want to let that slip just because we're moving on to another town. We need to make sure we're staffed and resourced appropriately so that we can tackle another town as well. That that's my goal within the next couple of years, I think. Excellent. I, I just want to let folks know also that in addition to your volunteering or to head up the Lowell TNR program as president, you also have a full-time job on top of this. So this is, and most everybody that's part of this group has a full-time job and is working. How do you balance all of this? Uh, I don't know. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, that's a good question. Um, I try not to take on too much. I, it's really important to delegate um, as much as you can if you're going to be the one kind of running the group and coordinating things. It's tempting to want to do everything, it, you know, Trapping's the fun part, right? You, you know, you want to trap. You, you Fostering is the warm and fuzzy part. You want to do that. But uh, it really takes someone, you know, behind the scenes, uh, making sure things are running smoothly and on track, dealing with the public, you know, fundraising activities are, you know, moving forward. It, it's got to take someone dedicated like that to, to kind of um, 
juggle things and how do I do it with a full-time job? I mean, lots of people do it. It's not just me. You know, people say I'm crazy. They don't really know why I'm doing it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, I can't help it. (laughs) Would you be willing to share with the audience uh, what you do for a full-time job? Oh, sure. Yeah. So um, my husband and I, um, along with my father-in-law, we run a recycling company and we're out of North Andover, Massachusetts. And we basically buy and sell waste commodities uh, and divert recyclable material that would otherwise end up in the landfill. So it's a very green sort of job. And uh, we also just launched a line of uh, document shredding services to, to our business as well. So I run the group and then I run my business. And at the end of the day, I'm, I don't have to be, uh, you know, I have no boss. <laughs> Sounds good. So if people are interested in reaching out to your group or if they have any questions, how do they reach your organization? Sure. So our website is uh, www.lowelltnr.org and our phone number is 978-349-6143. And you're welcome to reach out to us at any time. Uh, we also have an email and that is info at lowelltnr.org. Great. And are you also on Facebook? We are. Yeah, we do have a Facebook page. Um, just search for us under Lowell TNR and we should come up. Sounds great. Excellent. Well, Laura, thank you so much. Would you have, do you have any sort of last comments for anybody who might be thinking about getting out in the field and helping trap any cats that might be in their neighborhood or any sort of parting thoughts for, for anyone in our audience that, that's thinking about getting involved? Um, yes, I would say please do it. <laughs> Just go ahead, um, get yourself together and try it out and try it small, like we said, and get your feet wet. And then before you know it, you'll be you'll be right into it. So, again, thank you for your for your interest in, uh, in TNR. Well, Laura, thank you again today for for coming on the Community Cats podcast. I really appreciate it. And hopefully we will be chatting soon. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Community Cats podcast. For more information, other podcasts, or to find out how you can support the show, visit www.communitycatspodcast.com. And thanks.